Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. It is so good to have you joining us today on the other side of this podcast. I want to take a few minutes and share something that today specifically has been stirring in my heart, and I think that it's going to be relevant and encouraging to you no matter what season or walk you're in in your faith journey. Uh, If you don't know Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to do that, and we'll talk about that at the end of this podcast, but I feel like I'm in a, a transition and in my life and in my ministry, and I think a lot about the word calling and how there is calling on my life, and I want you to be uh, reassured that there's calling on your life too. If you are a follower of Jesus um, at the very foundational dynamic of what that means. It means that you have been called by Jesus and you've responded to that. And now there's this relationship that exists as someone who has been called and has chosen to respond and is following. So if we could just lay that as the bedrock of this conversation, that we all have calling on our lives because we've been called by Jesus. I want to just break down what that looks like more than what it it does not look like. I think that um, sometimes we can get into a situation where we're comparing callings and you're looking at someone on a stage thinking, oh man, the calling on their life is so cool. Um, and you're thinking, my life just feels a bit a bit mundane compared to, to what I'm seeing, this calling, quote unquote, in another person's life. And I think sometimes we use the word calling as a blanket word and we may, uh, you may actually be talking about gifting or anointing. Uh, some things that are are distinct from calling. But at the end of the day, if you are a believer in Jesus, you have to know that you have calling on your life and you are called. And so as I am in a season in my walk that I am trying to walk out with the Lord, what does calling look like in my life? I've been walking with you, Jesus, since I was nine years old. Uh, We've been on mountaintops and valleys. There have been twists and turns. But what do I know about calling today, this day in, in April 2019? And so as I've been pondering this, of course, I've been taken back to the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. For those joining us who don't have um, maybe context on on this area of scripture, I just want to tell you about the book of Matthew. It is one of the gospels, one of the accounts of of Jesus's life on earth. Uh, Matthew is written specifically to a Jewish audience, and um, and so we're just, we're going to begin right there. And diving into Matthew chapter 4, beginning in uh, verse 18, there's a heading in my Bible, which is the Amplified Bible. That's what I read out of. It says, the first disciples. 
It says in chapter 4, verse 18, book of Matthew, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he noticed two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk. And I will make you fishers of men. Some of what I just read was, was emphasized in, in my text only, but the actual verse, Matthew four nineteen says, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21, and going on from there, he, Jesus, noticed two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him, becoming his disciples. I'm going to stop right there, and I just want to begin to process with you what we see in those very few scriptures. If you are a note taker, which if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you're driving, so I don't recommend taking notes, but just to continue to give you a framework, kind of, kind of the words that I've worked with in preparing this is that when you are called by the Lord, it includes the following. It includes an element of leaving Leaving with a V, leaning, like leaning in, learning, listening, and living. And we're just going to break those down. And so right off the bat in verse 20, it says, Immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. So the significance of this is that uh, Peter and Andrew are being called, they leave what was Uh, what was something very significant in their life at that time. Nets for them were a means of of livelihood, of provision, of dependence. And so certainly when you accept the Lord, I'm not suggesting that you're called to leave your place of work, but there is this transition of leaving that occurs when you put your full surrender in the Lord and you leave what has been provision for you. Maybe that's your own works. Maybe that's your own ability. Maybe Maybe that's your trust and dependence on yourself. There's a lot of things that could be nets, so to speak, in our life. And you see that when they hear that invitation of calling, when they hear that invitation to follow, they leave those nets immediately. And so there's application for that in, in our life. So I just ask you as, you, as you live out your calling, can you think of, of that moment of transition where you're like, yeah, I left that. I left that provision that I had been dependent on before I met Jesus. Uh, for me, that's a constant process. And that's why I'm sharing this today. I've been walking with Jesus for years, but there's this element that's reoccurring of me leaving things that I'm dependent dependent on that get in the way of my ability to follow Jesus because of the calling on my life. And so what's super interesting about this passage in in verse, the first few verses, 18 through 20, we're reading about um, 
Simon, Simon Peter, and Andrew, his brother, being called. And then um, in verse 21, we're going to see where Jesus extends calling to someone else. He's going to extend calling to James, the son of Zebedee, and to his brother, John, who were in the boat with their father. And so this reminds me about my own calling, that when I am on mission with Jesus, there are always going to be new relationships that come about. And when Jesus shows me to lean into someone new, if that's what He's doing, I've got to do that if I really want to walk in the calling that's on my life. I think that there's a little bit of danger, like you can almost get a little bit narcissistic when you're thinking about calling. So I'm just thinking back to to, uh, Simon Peter and and Andrew. Jesus has just called them. I bet they're feeling like a bit in awe, um, maybe a bit important. Uh, maybe still shell-shocked that they've just left their nets to follow this man. And then I don't know what their reaction was, but then Jesus extends that same calling to someone else around them. And I think we have to remember, I have to remember, calling is not about me. It's not exclusive to me. It does not end with me. Jesus does something beautiful and amazing in my life with a calling on my life, but ultimately it's for His benefit and it's for this extension of bringing others into the picture. So if I know that I'm a person with calling on my life, there's going to be an element of leaving what I've been dependent on and there's going to be an element of leaning in to others in the journey, others that Jesus is bringing across my path. And so if you you know about the Gospels and you know about the story, of of Jesus. I would even tell you um, for later, if you want to hop into the last chapter in John, um, when Jesus rises um, in his resurrection from the tomb, there are basically three people that are talked about. There's a woman named Mary, and then there's the disciple Peter, and there's the disciple John that we just read about, that Jesus has has a calling on their life. And so I, I love that. They weren't called at the same time. They were called at different times, but they began— they began and continued their Jesus journey of following and calling together. And they experienced the Lord in a way uh, that only the two of them and Mary at the tomb uh, likely likely experienced. Uh, Peter and, and John specifically didn't have the encounter with Jesus uh, at the tomb that day that Mary had, but they both they ran to see and to experience uh, the empty tomb and knowing and believing in their heart that, that something miraculous had happened. And it all came because they had calling on their life. So uh, moving forward, when we move down to verse 23 in Matthew chapter 4, it says, And Jesus went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. So the news about him spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all who were sick, those suffering with various diseases and pains, those under the power of demons and epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee and from Jerusalem and Judea to the other side of the Jordan. And so I'm picturing all these fishermen fellows that Jesus has called, and uh, and they've been leaving what was familiar. What I didn't note about James and John and their leaving element, it actually says that they left their father Zebedee whenever they left the boat. So in, in Peter's calling, we get this picture of leaving nets, leaving what you've been dependent on as your provision, as your 
means of livelihood um, and surrendering that, you know, over to Jesus. But um, with the sons of Zebedee, you see that they leave their father in the boat. And that's not an issue of abandonment. I don't want you to hear me and think, oh, man, to have calling on my life means to abandon my parents. No, I think that it paints a picture of leaving what has formerly been authority in your life and following the authority of Jesus as Lord in your life. So again, just a beautiful picture. I forgot to touch on that when I was talking about about leaving. So right, we've got these fishermen, they're they're leaving uh, areas of dependence. They're leaving former areas of authority. They're leaning into new relationships as Jesus is bringing other people around him into this calling. And then in chapter 4, verse 23, we see when Jesus begins to do all these things, these disciples with calling on their life are in a position of continual learning. Learning, learning, learning. I think in our culture, we don't like to eat humble pie. We don't like to be the student. We don't like to come in as the newbie into the scenario. But Jesus not only is okay with that, He has called these disciples to be the newbies in the scenario so that He can teach them what is going on. I remember as I'm sharing this, an embarrassing story more embarrassing to my friend than me. Layla, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. Uh, When we were freshmen in college, our first day of class, my friend Layla had said to me, don't do anything that would let everyone know that we're freshmen. And I don't know why she gave me that warning instead of our other friends. Um, But OSU's campus is pretty big. It's awesome. It's beautiful. Go Pokes uh, if you're OSU alum or a fan listening to this. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna like do the opposite of what she asked me. And so it was about 10 o'clock in the morning during probably the most popular or most crowded break on campus between classes. And I thought, I'm just going to take off running to my next class through the crowds and and see if I can embarrass my friend Layla. And as I did that, I fell down the steep steps in front of the library, and there were people all around me, and they just looked at me. They actually didn't even offer to help me up. But the point of that is that nothing could have stamped freshmen, awkward, newbies to campus on all of the friends that I was with that day than me stumbling down those stairs and looking like a freshman that was running to class lost along the way. And so, um, again, our culture is like to save face, to be the person in the know. But there's this element of learning that you have to be willing to accept when you come into, when you have calling on your life from Jesus. And I love that They didn't see Jesus just do one thing. He didn't just teach. He didn't just preach. He didn't just heal. Furthermore, he didn't do just one type of healing. He worked through category after category. There was a whole list in that package uh, that I read in the scripture of types of healing that Jesus did. And as the disciples were responding to that calling, they were learning how to do all of those things from him so that they could continue in that ministry uh, after Jesus ascends back to heaven heaven. And man, that is relevant to you today. But you have to get into a place that you can and you are willing to learn from Jesus. Another misnomer about calling, sometimes we think, okay, I'm called. I have a call in my life to be a missionary. I have a call in my life to be a pastor's wife. I have a call in my life to be a worship leader. And you start eliminating all of these categories that you're not called to. And I really think that's not what Jesus wants us to do as His followers. We are 
called to make disciples, to spread the good news, to spread God's love. And so don't say no to the things that Jesus is trying to teach to the world around you. Step in and be an active learner. So we've got an element of leaving, an element of leaning, an element of learning. And then when you skip on to to Matthew chapter 5, we're going into the most famous sermon that Jesus taught called the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes. First, chapter 5, book of Matthew, verse 1, it says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Verse 2, then he began to teach them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And as you know, this goes on and on. So not only when you have calling on your life, does that mean that you are in a position of learning? It means that you're in a position of listening. It says the disciples came to him. And it, they didn't just come to him when he called back in chapter four. Remember, he called them from their boats in both instances, but they came to him again as they were on this journey with him, as he was ready to pour out something new on a different day to a different group of people with a different need than those in the synagogue who had received teaching, preaching, healing. This is new place, new people, new faces. And Jesus has something to say. And his disciples came to him and they listened. Oh, Lord, may I remember to do that because I'm called and there's calling on my life. When Jesus continues in the Sermon on the Mount and you get down to uh, beginning in verse 13 of Matthew chapter, chapter 5, he begins to speak truth about the disciples and their identity in him. So remember a chapter ago, they were fishermen But then they got calling on their life, so they've been in this process of leaving, leaning, learning, listening. And now Jesus starts saying things like, You, Simon, Andrew, Peter, James, John, others that I don't know the name for, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste and purpose, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and walked on by people? You are the light of Christ to this world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and glorify your Father." Who is in heaven? So there's this final element of living in your new identity of calling and in what Jesus says about you. And in this particular passage, it's that you, and it's, this is not specific to them. This is, this is for you today. This is for any of us who have been called by Christ to be his follower. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill. And I think what is supremely encouraging to me, what I hear the Holy Spirit of truth encouraging me about as I'm sharing right now with the calling on my own life, again, it's not about me. All of those things, being salt of the earth, either something that 
something that preserves, something that heals, something that enhances. That's what salt does. It's a reminder of covenant as well. In the Old Testament, salt does, does all of those things. It's not for my benefit. My calling's not for my benefit. It's for others. Being a light to the world, it's for others. Being a city on a hill, it's for others. Ultimately, it's for the glory of Christ, but it's so that others might experience Him. Don't complicate your calling. Don't complicate what the Lord's trying to do in your life. Don't make it so about you that you lose sight of the end goal and the end goals that the dark world around us knows the light of Christ. Not only just in a form that they recognize it, but they know it to the core of their soul because they open their eyes, or the Holy Spirit opens their eyes to the calling and the invitation that's on their own life. So as you walk out calling in the day to day, remember it it's a process. We're in it from, from our new birth until, until we see Jesus face to face. We continually need to leave behind anything that we're dependent on for our provision and our identity outside of Jesus Christ. We need to leave behind any ruling authority that would take precedence over the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We need to continually lean into the God-ordained relationships that Jesus brings us into while we're on journey with Him. We need to learn continually all that is the heart and hands and hope of Jesus Christ, what He teaches us through Scripture, what He teaches us in settings where He may uh, be known, where His presence may be experienced. We need to continually come to Him to listen for the word that He has for that day, that audience, our heart, that place and time. And we need to live in the new identity and the reality of what He has spoken over us. Salt of the earth, light of the world, city on a hill, so that He may be glorified and others may be called as we embrace our own calling from Him. Father, I pray for the woman listening today who does not know that she is called by you, but maybe even feels her heart pounding at this time, I pray, Father, that you would make your home in her heart. Sister, friend, if you're listening, the word says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And it says to repent. And repent simply means to turn to forsake what was and to cling to the truth. Kind of like that picture of those men leaving their nets. We, we repent from sin, and then we just let Jesus take the reins. My five-year-old gave an invitation at our Easter dinner to a table full of adults, and she said, it's pretty simple. If you want Jesus in your heart, just ask Him to come into your heart. I would encourage you with that today. Thank you, Jesus, for your calling and your invitation. We love you. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma. 